Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend a few minutes focusing on something which is on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Ray, an employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. And you can catch up with all our episodes and keep up with our regular releases by doing all of those subscribing and following things on Spotify and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the Career Zone podcast. My name is Rachel Coombs and I'm an employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. Today, as part of International Women's Day, I am joined by Joanne and Holly from Forge Rock. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, thank you so much, Rachel. Delighted to be here today. My name is Joanne Mavridis and I'm a full-time working mum of two teenagers and currently the marketing director at Forge Rock, which is a software company based in the US, but we have offices all around the world. I'm Holly Dabson. I actually only graduated in 2018 and I did a a BA in English literature at the University of Southampton. And then I graduated in June of 2018 and started my internship that same month at Forge Rock. So it was quite a hectic beginning. Initially, it was sort of a six month internship. Eventually, I managed to get it extended. It became a 12 month. From there, it went into a full time employed role in 2019, where I've since stayed. Originally, it was just a field marketing internship where I actually reported into Jo and supported her UK region as well as some of EMEA. And then From there, I've kind of progressed and pushed my way into digital marketing and the digital team, where I currently am as a digital marketing specialist. I was just interested, you're also both a part of Women in Identity. Can you tell us a bit more about it as an organisation and your kind of role within it? So Women in Identity was started back in 2019, actually, by three fantastic women, Emma Lindley, Colette Salisandro and Pamela Dingle. They're all sort of well-known figures in our industry, and they really wanted to raise awareness of the importance of diversity. And our ultimate goal, because of being in the digital identity technology sector, is we wanted to make sure that digital identity solutions are built for everyone, by everyone, so that we have a diverse pool of people working to to obviously create these technologies, because obviously the people that will be using them will be really diverse. And what we found that the tech industry is actually a very male dominated industry, and we don't have enough diversity. So thought by starting up women identity, it would raise obviously that as an issue and give those women that are working in the sector, you know, the opportunity to speak up, have mentors and to sort of give each other um, opportunities that might not always be available to them. We're a not-for-profit and we are now have over 1,100 members and it's run by volunteers. Both Holly and I volunteer for them. I think what you're saying was about no one being left behind really key. I feel like Google's a really good example and one that we usually use in some of our women identity presentations. We talk about a lot of unconscious bias. This Google example is great. Basically what happened is the team at Google who built their iOS YouTube app, they were all right-handed and so they tested out the app, they thought it worked great and when they released it, when a person who was left-handed recorded and uploaded something, it appeared upside down when it was uploaded to the app because they'd never tested it in that person's hand before because their team was right-handed, which obviously sounds like a minor error and is fairly easily fixed. But it's kind of a good example of how an unconscious bias can then have a negative effect on a minority group. You can apply it to a a wider argument. And I think the way that women identity use that example is to kind of show how it can be a parallel for hiring practices in such a male-dominated work environment. And 
a reminder of how important it is for groups like women in identity to push the change, especially within digital identity systems that are supposed to be built for everyone and need to work for everyone. So like it's really great and, and really important that it exists and is sort of pushing for change. Joe said we both volunteer, but my role is more of just a branding coordinator there. So I kind of help with a lot of their design aspect, like digital creative images or just like back when we used to do physical events, like flyers and things for those. Just to touch on my role there as well. So I think both of us just try and use the, our sort of skills that we do in our day jobs, obviously, and, and offer those to women identity. So I am responsible for sending out the monthly newsletter each month. So we have stories to inspire, you know, to educate and inform our other members. And actually, we always need new volunteers. So another way to obviously create opportunities for everyone listening is to volunteer for different organizations so as I say women in identity we're looking for volunteers at the moment just to to do all sorts of things whether it's to help generate sponsorship whether it is to to help with the newsletter or with different activities what we're trying to do as well is not having the same people in the same roles for too long so both Holly and I are sort of looking for support for the roles that we're currently doing just to give other people that opportunity to obviously learn new skills or to bring new skills that maybe we don't already have into our community. So do encourage the people listening to you know, reach out if you are interested or to look at other organisations like Women Identity and offer your services. I'm sure they're always needed. Brilliant. It sounds like a fantastic initiative. So if a student, say, was interested, they wouldn't have to be working in um, the tech industry already to be a part of Women in Identity. They could volunteer their services. Absolutely. So we actually, Holly and I worked with two other interns that came in and helped with some, some specific projects before. And they were, I think one of them was doing a marketing course, but it wasn't obviously in technology. And the other student was looking, just didn't really know what they wanted to do when they sort of had finished uni. So it was a great opportunity to come in and see what the sector was like. I believe she's now gone off to do other things, but it was a great experience. And no matter what you do, you're always picking up new skills that are very transferable within industries. So, yeah, absolutely encourage anyone to reach out. We're open to anyone doing any course or looking for any different career. Does sound like a fantastic opportunity for somebody trying to build up some skill sets. Mm. Um, and that kind of leads me on to my next question, which was, how do you think being a part of Women in Identity has helped you both in your careers? For me, it's probably to give me extra confidence. I've Even today, I've never done a podcast before, so it's all very new. And I think just having other people taking on new challenges, it does give you the confidence to think, you know, I can do that as well I've met some great friends and I've really expanded my network and knowledge mine's probably quite similar actually I think I'm quite lucky though this being my first job and you know I have Joe to inspire me as a mentor and was my manager but also in women identity seeing all of these other women who are like directors and VPs some of them are CEOs some of them CTOs just seeing them meeting interacting with them it I think it's just quite inspiring because it kind of makes you think like actually that could be me kind of thing and it's really great in terms of networking but also just I think on an inspiration level so great to see that many women in in such senior roles 
does sound like a great way to sort of aspire you to move into opportunities perhaps you might not have, have considered before. And I guess our podcast is all based around International Women's Day and hence our discussions around your involvement in women and identity. And the theme for this year's International Women's Day is choose to challenge. So I was just interested in your thoughts around what you thought some of the issues for women in the workplace might be that perhaps still need to be challenged in this day and age. Yeah, that is a really great question. And it's a great theme this year. For me, it's still this still so much work to do. We're sort of making sure that we have equal opportunities for everyone within the workplace. From a, a women's point of view, there are still so many assumptions made, obviously, about the way we work and the way we carry out our roles. And, and I think Holly obviously touched on unconscious bias earlier. But I've come across that obviously a number of times. And, and the point is, it, there is no malice with it. It's just sometimes not knowing or, or really thinking things through before you obviously execute an interaction. I've had an example whereby I've been working with a team of colleagues that were all male, as it is so male dominated. And we were look, looking through a list of executives to invite to an executive event. And we came across female executive that we were wanting to invite along. And one of the sales executives sort of said, well, it wouldn't be fair to to invite her because she's just had a, a baby so she obviously wouldn't be able to come and my point to pick up and, and to have the confidence to speak up was to say well actually it would be far better that we do invite her and that she is given that choice as to whether she comes or not she might actually probably welcome you know a break to go to a physical event obviously it was before the pandemic and that we shouldn't make that assumption because I sort of pointed out as well that I'm sure there's lots of men that have become fathers on that list but we wouldn't of course assume that they wouldn't want to come so I think it's sort of pointing things out and actually once I did they all sort of took a step back and were quiet for a moment as they processed it and you know they did agree that it was the right approach that we should invite everyone and let it be an individual's choice whether they interact with us and probably another example working probably in marketing that there's a lot more females working I've experienced it a lot more that working women that maybe do have children always do try to hide the fact that they do have another life at home. And I think that's changed a lot now with the pandemic, with us all seeing much more into everyone's home life. But certainly in the past, you would sort of try and cover if you wanted to leave work early to take your kids swimming. You wouldn't broadcast it because you, you were worried, you know, how it would be perceived. However, I've seen many situations where we've had male colleagues leaving work early to go to swimming lessons and it's absolutely you know they're given a big pat on the back to say you know how great it is that they're taking part you know in their children's lives and just that change and the different perception is still so apparent I think it's definitely getting better but there is still so much of it happening day to day. Mine's completely similar to Joe's point I feel like we should continue to challenge gendered roles and the mental load that is sort of placed upon women and continue to champion for equal opportunities. As Joe said, so much work has been done already, but a lot still needs to happen. And I think when I was sort of thinking about how to answer this, I was reminded of the government campaign that was released this month to tell people to stay home and save lives. It was a cartoon image and it had four boxes on it and Three of the boxes, it was all women doing housework and childcare, and there was only one representation of a male image, and he was just sitting on the sofa. And I just thought, that's what we need to challenge gendered roles is for. It's, it's predominantly these gender stereotypes that still appear in the media, and then they come around again in the workplace. If we don't speak up and we don't feel supported to say something when it's wrong, then 
then things don't change. So I think challenging those gendered roles and giving yourself the confidence to speak out when you see something that is wrong. I read an article today on the BBC News that there was a CEO that had a young family and she was talking about how she was managing in the workplace and trying to change things. It sort of commented on the fact that if men do housework at home that very often their their wives or their partners will say you know I'm very lucky to have a husband or a partner at home that helps me with the the housework you know it was the point was it's nothing to do with luck (laughs) you know it's their roles and responsibilities or I'm very lucky that they help with the childcare no a father is (laughs) 50-50 you know responsible for that child's well-being and efforts at home so it is just about changing the narrative isn't it and changing our expectations and we've made big leaps in that but then as Holly said you know you see something like that government campaign and it it does make you sort of take a step back and feel a little disappointed that whilst we take one step forward sometimes we can be taking a couple back at times but I think people now have the confidence to speak up and say that's just not okay. It is such a huge topic really isn't it and I think something Mm. that is just embedded so much in in our society and culture in in different ways and it's easy to I guess miss some of the things that examples you gave were, were really interesting just drawing those out is really good to draw attention to it so thank you and adding to that what kind of advice would you give to women to help them succeed in the workplace? I think probably building on what we sort of said earlier really it's, it's very much about believing in yourself and having that self-confidence and searching out groups like we sort of said like women in identity there are so many groups across every industry that are available to, to help support and it's so easy now to find them just jumping on googles i would encourage you know people to look for for others that sort of hold the same values and same work ethics and belief because that sort of does naturally encourage you then to be more confident in yourself as you move through your sort of working career definitely and also I feel like having a mentor or searching out a mentor when I first started at Four Drop Joe acted as a mentor and hugely helped my confidence just even in small things like speaking in meetings in front of a bunch of other people but I think that was such a huge part of helping me succeed and I would just strongly recommend that and it doesn't have to be somebody in the organization that that you end up working for the great thing about group like women and identity or just a group that you could seek out is that you know you can network and find someone that who could potentially act as a mentor or even just like a friend or confident that could give you that confidence to succeed thank you some, some great tips there and and we're big advocates of mentoring in the career zone uh, we have several schemes that students can get involved in so keep an eye out for those any tips on helping students try to identify positive working environments for women i think there are definitely a lot more tools out there now to to validate who a good company is and maybe who, one that is not so good to work for so obviously glassdoor is a great place to to go you obviously you get a wide variety of reviews and you do have to take some of them with a you know, little bit of a pinch of salt. But as a general guide, I think that's a great resource that people can look at um, to see what their peers you know, are saying about a particular organisation. And then it's looking at a company to see who are the spokespeople, who's front and centre, who's leading with that, you know, the key core values that, that the company is trying to, to express and portray out into the marketplace and see if they again align with your views and and the way you would want a company to conduct themselves and I sort of touched on the CSR element before but that is obviously at the core 
and the beliefs and, and the um, desires of, of where Four Drop wants to go and how we want to interact with, with other people and other organisations. We actually organised a volunteer week last year. So, you know, straight away, you know, an organisation that gives their employees time off to help others straight away jumps right to the top of my list, you know, when I would be looking for a job. And then there's other things like asking if they have a diversity and inclusion strategy. You know, what CSR programmes do they have in place and what are their objectives that year? So I think certainly people are a lot more aware now of what questions to ask. Before, used to be so concerned about just getting a job. But there is a bigger picture to consider because you spend so much time at work. You want to be happy and you want to know that that company obviously fulfils what you expect from an organisation and how you would want them to conduct themselves. Another great way to identify positive working environment is once you do start speaking to that company, ask them about what kind of resource groups that they provide to their employees. Like, do they have anything internally as well as just a diversity and inclusion strategy? As Joe mentioned, do they have groups that they have that employees can get involved in? At 4Drop, it's quite new. We kind of only started in the past few years, but we do now have employee resource groups. We've got pride group for our LGBTQ colleagues. We've got a wellness group to help with mental strain and, and our well-being and mental health. And we also have a women in tech group, which is really great. It's all completely employee led. So it's not like an executive mission. It's very much uh, run from the ground up. For example, like with our women in tech group, we recently had like an internal talk someone to come in and it raises some good points and it means that everyone can kind of get together and socialize but I feel like if you're looking for a positive working environment and a company that you're you're kind of like interviewing with does have something like this then it's a really great indicator that they care enough to let their employees want to make a change and want to make the working environment even better. Some great tips there. Thank you. And I guess that brings us to the end of our podcast today. So I'd like to say thank you very much for taking the time to to speak with us and our, our listeners today. It's been really interesting and really insightful. And I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to your thoughts around the topics we've discussed. So thank you very much both for your time. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. You can find this series on iTunes and Spotify, so do subscribe and follow to keep up with our latest releases. And we'd love to hear from you, so if there's something on your mind, then share your thoughts or questions on Instagram at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone or Twitter at UOE Careers. Include the hashtag Career Zone Podcast and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes. Finally, of course, you can find more information about all the support we offer at exeter.ac.uk slash careers. Thank you for listening. That's it for now from the Career Zone podcast.